Kaye, everybody. What's going on? My name is Michael Sullivan. This is the Crack House Podcast. Joining me as always, my buddy Chris Musky Muscalino. What's up, dude? Big Mike. Merry Xmas, bros, and crackheads, and friends, and so on and so forth. What's good, yeah. Mike? No, nah, nothing, man. I see you got the diehard going today. Yeah, man. Yeah. We're getting into the swing of things. A little holiday action. Is it, celebrate is it a christmas movie is it not a christmas movie everything i read about it leads to it being a christmas movie mike you know i guess you have some doubters out there but i think the biggest strike against that movie though is it came out in like july or august yeah that's what does it in the same thing too um people throw in lethal weapon as a christmas movie and i think that's the same thing that movie came out in like march or april when it got released, like neither neither one of those movies <laughs> that have Christmas themes were not released at Christmas time. So, well, I don't know if they didn't have Christmas themes. They were both released, I guess, you know, at odd points of the year to be categorized as a Christmas movie. Yeah, that, but, yeah, exactly. But the theme, you know, in terms of like both of them are kind of the timeline for both movies are like right around the holidays. No, know? no, no. That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, you. It's. It's odd to say, all right, it's a Christmas movie, but it got released in the summertime or the springtime. <laughs> that's 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 my they didn't they didn't market it as a Christmas movie. That's I guess that that would be the the right thing to say. Yeah, it's I agree not with market that. it as a Christmas movie. So. You know what? They were both action movies, so I could see why they were released during the summer versus the winter, because that's generally when action movies are released. So I could see that. But I mean Clearly, over the last 30 years, I mean, I must have watched each of those movies at least probably 20 plus times each. I mean, oh, I'm being yeah. conservative. And I just, I just read that doing um, Lethal Weapon 5 is supposedly going to happen. Is it? Okay. Yeah. What was it? Richard Donner died. He directed all those movies. I think he lived to like 95 or whatever. Mm-hmm. He directed that. He directed Superman, The Goonies. The guy had a great body of work and he died. And uh, Mel Gibson just got interviewed recently saying he goes i'll direct the fifth one so i mean him interesting and i I said this on on the podcast when it first started i had on um sean donnelly and we were talking he's a big movie guy he had his own podcast defend your movie and if you follow the canon of die hard i mean of a lethal weapon uh danny glover's character is now in his early 80s because he was 50 years old in the first movie. That was 19, 
87, I think. He's got to be older so, than our parents, man. So 34 yeah. years. So he, yeah. he, technically, if the movie comes out next year, he's like 85 years old. He's yeah, I got I got to imagine they kind of write him out <laughs> of it. You no, know, I mean, he wants to do it. He's oh, is he? Board. Is he in? He's on board. But he's, okay. getting, he's getting too old for this shit, you know. <laughs> I like Danny Glover, man. There's actually a rap song for those that are in the know called Danny Glover. A little trap song for the uh, music enthusiasts out there. But, um, no, I think they're both clearly uh, uh, Christmas movies. More so Die Hard than Lethal Weapon, but come to think of it, I mean, the fight with uh, Gary Busey at the end, you know, for the heavyweight title. <laughs> Yeah, right in front of the house. With all right the in front of the house with all the Christmas lights. I mean, how much more Christmas can you get? <laughs> then you got your traditional stuff. I think that kind of fits more into it. You know, I looked at a couple lists. I have my own personal favorites. I'm sure you do too. Um, interesting. I work with a guy at work, um, you know, at my nine to five. He was actually an extra, an elf. Really? So the skate rink scene where like the you know like he's 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 he's, he's twirling around at the mm -hmm. end the last person that skates on by is my buddy Edris. so Edris, if you're watching this little shout out he's one of the top salesperson uh, people at my job and year after year you know for the top salesperson in the company you get to give like a little speech and a little bit like a uh, little tidbits about yourself and every year without fail when he won it he would always throw that thing out he goes yeah you know and he's a very soft-spoken guy you know, very, you know, laid back dude. He's like, yeah, I was an elf. I was, an, I was an extra an elf, you know, and you know, if you go back and watch the scene with the ice skating ring, I'm the last guy in the ring. So <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. Oh, um, I guess my favorite of all time has got to be, it's a wonderful life. I mean, maybe it's a little bit dated at this point, but I mean, that still gets me, man. Yeah. You know, I after think all that, these it, it's one of those movies, uh, that like, They've tried to redo it a couple of times and it just wasn't no. as good as the original. And yeah. it really, it's a great, great movie, I think. You know, I like, think there's some movies, Mike, that, you know, as we get older and I'm, you know, I'm sure, you know, as the technology gets better, you know, I saw something jumping around a little bit to Boba Fett. I, I read something to the effect that they're going to, I guess, do a, a de-aging process and reintroduce Han Solo, a young Han Solo into it or Han Solo of that time period, kind of like the way they did Luke. You know, at the end of the, uh, uh, the 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 season finale, so going back to the Christmas movies, I think some of these, I think there's some movies out there that, you know, as the technology gets better, you'll see attempted remakes, and you'll see the technology, I believe, implemented. And I think some movies are kind of left alone. You know, like you said, I mean, you know, some of these movies have been, you know, tried to be redone throughout the years. Yeah, yeah. And just like without the original guys, like I mean. You know, I don't know, man. It's a wonderful life without Jimmy Stewart. You know, I mean, kind of rough, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I know they made a remake with a female, and then they kind of did that uh, remake movie with Nicolas Cage, like The Family Man. It was kind of based on that. When, yeah. Like, his life took a different direction. Um, it, 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 I, th I think it's the number one. If you want to go Christmas movie, it's always, to me, that that's the number one movie you can't yeah. I mean, what would knock it out i can't think of one other movie i mean the ones that come to mind i mean are probably cult favorites christmas story that comes to mind um christmas story is cute and it's i mean like it's a wonderful life is like the og it's it's 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, in terms of like OG movies, I would say Miracle on 34th Street. That probably yeah, comes yeah. to mind. That's um, a ton of times. Christmas Story, like you said, Christmas Story is great. Um, I, I'm not a big fan, though, of do they really have to play it 24 hours in a row? Oh, no, no, no. That's 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 irritating. Put it on in the afternoon a couple of times. Um, I always like uh, Babes in Toyland, March of the Wooden Soldiers. That's not a that's that's a good one to watch on Christmas Day. That's usually getting played. Um, I think you can go back and forth with that, like a Christmas, like a lot of that stuff, like those movies. Like I go back and forth between that and Thanksgiving. You know, you see yeah, some of that stuff pop yeah, on. Yeah, they're just showing around the holiday times, you know. You know, on, on Thanksgiving this year, I think my 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 uncle had. Um, you know, I think I talked about this in the Halloween show that we did. He had uh, on Thanksgiving like um, Abbott and Costello meet meet the uh, meet Frankenstein. <laughs> you know, that's not technically like a a Thanksgiving yeah. movie, but sure as sure as hell, it was it was on. You know, we were watching it. Um, I like Bad Santa. You know, in terms of like new movies, uh, I like Billy Bob Thornton a lot, man. I think he's hysterical. I mean, have you watched uh, Bad Santa? I I really liked Bad Santa and I hated Bad Santa too. I just didn't think it had it. It, it didn't yeah, know him. It. it yeah, it didn't live up to the first one. I mean, you got to remember too in the second one. Who you had the late? I think that was like John Ritter's last movie. Close to it, yeah. Um, who else was it? Bernie Mac. I think Bernie. Bernie Mac. Mac. He's who's the that, little guy? Who's the uh, the uh, the little black dude? Yeah, the 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 little person that plays the. I mean, it, it's a, just a great movie all around. Oh, dude, he's hysterical, man. Absolutely hysterical. You know what it is? That's just one of those movies where, like, they they never made, you know, they've made, like, horror movies about Santa and things like that, but they've never made, like, a guy dressing up like Santa that's just a complete piece of dirt. Oh, it's hysterical, man. The only other character I can think of like that, and it's only in the movie for a few minutes, is, like, when Dan Aykroyd is the drunk Santa in Trading Places. Oh, in Trading Places, yeah. Which characterized that as Trading Places, a, a Christmas movie. I guess. I mean, I mean, can we one. can we put it in there? It's another one. It's just in the background. Christmas isn't the main, you know, that time period, right? You know, it's, it's just one of those things. It's Christmas is just happening in the background. My family likes, uh, you know, my wife and my kids like, and my and my nieces they love they love Fred Claus with uh, Vince Vaughn. Have you watched well, that? Yeah, I took my. Son, I remember taking my son to go see that in the movies. That's I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, that was. Yo, him and uh, Giamatti were very good in that. I, I like Giamatti a lot. Yeah, I think he's a good. I don't like his dad, but I think he's a good actor. Bought Giamatti. Got rid of Pete Rose, man. Pete Rose. <laughs> Got rid of Pete Rose, dude. And he's uh, he's trying to take down the guy in Billions, right? What's his face? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Damian Lewis. Um. As far as other Christmas movies, Mike, there's not a lot of them that pop to mind. Um, you want to talk Scrooge with Bill Murray or the original? I mean, that that's got to be somewhere in the conversation, right? Um, I'm just trying to think of other major ones that maybe we're missing. A couple remakes: Jack Frost with Michael Keaton was pretty good. Um, tears Tears on the Heartstrings a little bit. Um, that's a while ago. I don't think it got much fanfare. Oh yeah, Family- yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that, yeah. Family Man, you brought up. I mean, I would agree with that. That's up there. It's got to be top 100, maybe. A Christmas Carol, the original, the 1938 version. Um, oh, you know what I like? Scrooge, Bill Murray. Scrooge. Yeah, that's yeah, I just mentioned one. that. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. And as far as I think, I think that kind of really, 
I mean, the Grinch and you want to characterize the Peanuts movie, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. I mean, I guess that's more of like um, it's a, a snippet. Show. Yeah, it's a Christmas show, but. Uh, How about National oh, Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Absolutely. Just that's got to be up there. Yeah, I I think that's. Uh, <coughs> oh, excuse me. I think that's the best one out of the. I mean, the original's really good. I, I think it's got to go the original, then the Christmas one, then whatever ones they did after it. What did they do? Vegas Vacation after that? And I think like. One yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, European. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. No, the first one is Vacation. Then it's European Vacation. Then Christmas Vacation. Then Vegas. But if you rank them, I would say it's the original Christmas. Maybe European than Vegas. Vegas is like the last one. It's just who cares at that point. Yeah, but, I would I would agree with that. But, I mean, I, I it's up there for me. It's yeah. definitely up there for me. It's got some entertainment value. Then some of them we talked about for Thanksgiving, you know, you can kind of loop uh, in there as well. Uh, the two Home Alones. Um, I guess the Nightmare Before Christmas, you kind of can kind of categorize that between, you know, Christmas and Halloween. Yeah, it's kind of like an agraria. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then uh, I'm just trying to think if we're missing any major ones out there. I mean, we talked about Miracle on 34th Street, right? That's got to be in the OG one. Yeah. Um, anything we're missing? Babes in Toyland we talked about, right? Christmas with the Crunks, if you want to get a little bit more modern, yeah. right? Jingle All the Way with Schwarzenegger. It was kind of good. It had Polar time. Express with Hanks, right? Tom Polar Hanks. Polar Express. Um, um, I can't think of anything else really off the top of my head. But, I think we kind of killed it, man. I mean, I, I'm just trying to. I mean, just trying if to, you really want to get into it, then if like, like, like we were talking about TV, then like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and all those. Oh, shows. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All those, that stuff. A lot of that stuff you can't find, man. Now, like I bought those stuff. Uh, I bought most of those things on DVD and I bought them off Apple, you know, so I've, a lot of it's digitalized for me and I've got it in a hard copy, but. A lot of the stuff they periodically take off the air, so it's like you can't even watch it a lot of times, you know, if yeah. they decide not to play it one year. You know, like a lot of that Rudolph, the Re a lot of the claymation stuff from like the 50s and the 60s, like, um, yeah, so you, know, you Rudolph, go periods of times. I think Rudolph was on already, and it was on like maybe like the week after Thanksgiving or like three or four days after they just threw okay. it on. I don't know. Threw it on? Yeah. I watched it. Me and my family, you know, we have it all all on digital, and you know, we watched it like the first or second week after th after Thanksgiving as well, just to get it out of the way, you know. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. we'll see, man. You know, uh, I'll tell you what; it's been unseasonably warm. I mean, like I'll take this climate change any time of the week, Mike. Sixty degrees, December. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll sign up for that. Yeah, it was gorgeous out today. Gorgeous, gorgeous day. Helping me out with my PSEG bill. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, I think I cranked the heat once in the last week and a half. Yeah, it's, uh, I have like a, uh, well, I have like a gas fireplace in my house, and okay. I, I don't even have that thing on, man. It's like, it's just like I turn it on. My house, my house is a sauna. You know, yeah. You, see, you know, Long people, Island people still got their windows open out over here right now. So I mean, Long it, Island's it, a little different. Like your parents will tell you. I mean, out here it's like oil-based crap, and it's all. You know, it's very rare that you have gas out here like you have in the city. You know, in, in most neighborhoods, you've got to have like everybody on board in the particular neighborhood to sign up for gas lines. 
and oh, okay. uh it's very difficult man you know psg has got a stranglehold out here and it's uh i gotta be honest with you with the with the supply chain stuff that's been going on it's been real rough for us i mean my bill i think i think i told you off air kind of doubled in the span of six months i've got some people that i know through the roof paying over 500 hours a month for electricity you know and that's not counting the oil that you got to get delivered to your house you know that's not everybody but i've heard enough stories you know to make me believe that uh there's something to it so but i'm very happy i'm very thankful for it you know i'm excited for uh for christmas i'll be honest with you man though i mean th- this whole omicron COVID crap is kind of weighing on me man you know i mean my work kind of pushed everything back in terms of return to the office yeah so yeah. Go- I saw Google and Apple did the same, you know, uh, I think Apple is actually giving their employees like a thousand dollars and they're postponing uh, return to office indefinitely until they can kind of get a handle on it. Kind of leads me into my, our next topic, you know, about, I don't know if, have you listened to it? I know your brother sent you, uh, the Rogan and Dr. Peter McCullough interview on his, on his podcast. No, I, I caught like maybe five minutes of it on YouTube. That was about it pretty interesting like they they literally took it down on youtube so you can't even watch it on youtube i mean it's still on spotify because he's contracted you know his show's contracted by spotify but a lot of the big social media outfits have taken the whole thing down which is pretty alarming because that that's one of the things that they talk about during the podcast they talk about how really everything's focused on the vaccine you know good bad or indifferent whether you're a pro-vaxxer anti-vaxxer but they don't really talk you know what they tell what they tell you is like everything is funneled you know so that everybody gets the vaccine but they're still you know almost a year two years into it like they don't talk about how some so many so much of the science has ignored the treatment of it once you get it mike so it's like you know even dating back to like the beginning if like you got COVID, it's like okay go to the hospital go on a respirator but they don't talk about how to treat it at home or how to avoid going to the hospital or how to avoid getting on a respirator and there's some stuff coming out in march i think or you know through moderna advisor where they have <coughs> like these pills yeah. that supposedly will help you treat it you know if you happen to get it but you know the crux of it was you know basically they're talking about how the vaccine isn't really a cure for it it's just a preventative measure you know to kind of you know insulate you from getting it in the first place yeah that's all it's supposed to be and um from like you, what you were saying listen you got to real like a lot of the people that died from COVID obviously weren't in the greatest of health either. That's yes. something that it's something that it really gets ignored a lot. Listen, I'm not in the greatest of shape. We're both pushing 50. If, yep. if, if, if you got high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, uh, heart condition, whatever, that's going to factor in if you get this. It's going to mess you up. If you were a smoker for 30 years and your lungs are already messed up and now you have a disease that attacks your respiratory system, you're going to have issues. A right, friend, right. A, a friend of mine was in the hospital for three months with it. You know, thank God he yeah. was on the ventilator. He got off it. But if you had a lot, of, there was a lot of people with underlying health conditions that this just pushed them over the edge. That's what happens. You know, that, and and that's, yeah. that's what people a lot of people are ignoring. I'm not saying there aren't the, the you know, the, the 12 year old kid that got it, that was in perfect health or some 35 year old marathon runner that got it and died. That's going to happen. You know, the flu kills how many people, 60,000 people a year, they say. Yeah. So, you know. But they were talking about like how everything's funneled towards these vaccines, you know, from, from the upper levels of government on the way down 
from both sides of the political spectrum. And, you know, basically it's gone from, okay, getting two shots to now you're not vaccinated until now you got to get a booster. And they're talking about a fourth shot and maybe making this a yearly thing. There's more money for these pharmaceuticals where, hey, look, you know, like you said, and like I mentioned, this thing's not designed to treat it once you get it. So the whole thing is, okay, you have it for preventative measures, but let's be proactive and treat it, you know, as far as like, you know, some of the stuff, you know, got associated with the last president and some people hated the last president. So anything the guy said, you know, people kind of did a 360 from it, whether it was Regeneron, whether it was Inver uh, Medicine, maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong, or uh, the, the monoclonal uh, antibodies, Regeneron. All this stuff, you know, kind of got like buried, you know, depending on what kind of this political spectrum you laid, you know, it got demonized. And a lot of the stuff is effective, Mike. You know, it's like, you know, you read about people. And again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. You know, I'm just trying to analyze everything that I'm, I'm, I heard and I've listened and I've come across. You make some valid points with people being out of shape and passing away. But, you know, listen, man, I, I mean, you know, what they talked about was really legitimate and what's concerning for me and i think for a lot of people that would listen to it is the fact that the stuff is getting scrubbed it's getting censored it's getting shut down and for what i mean what what is the purpose of that you know again i mean i guess i shouldn't be surprised i mean they, you know these these sites shut down the president of the united states like him or hate him and people take umbrage with what i'm saying that's fine but um you know, when it comes to science, and listen, this guy, Dr. Peter McCullough, he's a legit guy. He's not like some crackpot. He's not like some guy that, you know, ran for political office one way or the other that you have an opinion on. I mean, he's a scientist, and the stuff that he was throwing out was pretty legitimate. You know, what they also talked about, Mike, is this. So, you know, look, they talked about continuous, continuous variants, you know, being released or developed that may become vaccine-resistant. And what they're talking about is, like, in these places that are really don't have the vaccine or very low vaccination rates they're talking about why and that you know when you talk about preventing this stuff and when you talk about vaccines if you want everybody to be vaccinated how about this how about a novel idea which they brought up how about releasing the patents for these vaccines and sending it over to these countries where some of these variants are more likely to to develop a place like africa you know parts of asia you know and of course, that'll never happen because these patents are worth millions of dollars. But here you are. You want everybody here to be vaccinated, which I get. But you know, if the rest of the world isn't vaccinated, you've got places that are very, you know, I mean, hey, there's more money. yourself up. It's more money in treating it than curing it. We know that. that's right. So, you know, like you said, they're not going to release that. And they're not, they don't want to even give it. They're not going to want to give up that information either. No one's going to want to give up the patent. If you cure this. No one's going to want to get because that guy, that person that creates a cure for this is going to be a billionaire overnight. Right. Once once they uh, whatever. Well, they already have, Mike. I mean, stocks like Moderna have gone from yeah, like 300 that, to 600. Vices exploded from 30 to 50. I mean, you know, there's big money in big pharma. But yeah. here's the deal, man. Don't don't sit on your high horse and talk about vaccination rates and this and that. And then not be proactive about it because a lot of this stuff like this omicron variant came from africa and they have very low vaccination rates and they had they don't really have a lot of access from my understanding to the vaccine so i mean if you really want to get rid of this shit, you know excuse my language you know that's really what you need to do you need to have the whole world on board you know a good friend of mine mario we were talking about it the other day 
we're talking about Magic Johnson, and it goes back to what we talked about months ago about money. You know, Magic Johnson's been HIV positive for 30-plus years, yet it's undetectable in his bloodstream. You know, why is that? Because he's got money, because he had access to, you know, the, the stuff. You know, so when you talk about, you know, moving past this, and, and this thing really, I think it goes beyond. It's a whole different level because it affects the whole world at this point. And when talking about getting back to normal, you know, this is not the path, man. You know, vaccination is not a cure-all for once you get it. It's not going to fix you if you, God forbid, happen to get it, you know, either if you're not vaccinated or if you have a breakthrough case. Yeah. And uh, it's scary. It really is. I mean, we got we got to get my son tested tomorrow because he got sent home early this week. I mean, we both had it. We both got vaccinated. We tried to do the right thing. Most of my family is vaccinated. But, you know, here you are, you know, two years into this thing, you got companies still, you know, making sure that you're home for good reason. And you got these pharmaceutical companies talking about how two shots ain't good enough. Maybe it's three shots. Maybe it's four shots. Maybe it's a yearly thing. And it still doesn't guarantee you from getting it again. So I thought it was a pretty interesting listen, you know, for those out there that are into it. Definitely check it out. I think the most concerning thing for me, though, is the whitewashing of it, you know, as far as some places like YouTube just striking it down, you know. And look, I get I get YouTube. I, I, I get them from on, on a certain level. I even get Facebook, you know, in terms of, you know, running a private business, however you want to do it. It's your business. But on the flip side, I think there's a difference between, like, censoring music that we play on this podcast or otherwise versus censoring real information. And, you know, maybe they gave a biased viewpoint of it, but the guy is a doctor, the guy McCullough. He's got his own podcast. He seems pretty legitimate. And the stuff that he was throwing out there in scientific terms, I'm not going to go through it and bore everybody with it, but um, it was pretty interesting stuff. You know, he talked about, you know, the side effects of it, you know, as far as getting re reinfected after a first time. He talked about the patent version of it and, you know, the focus on the vaccination versus the, you know, uh, the treatment once you get it. A lot of stuff, man. You talked about the underlying stuff, you know, the issues that you talked about, you know, as far as having diabetes or high blood pressure, being overweight. Um, there's a lot of shit that plays into it, you know, just to simplify and just say, hey, get vaccinated and it's going to cure everything. I just listening to this and just disseminating a lot of the stuff that I've read, you know, last couple months just leads me to believe it's part of the issue. It's part of, it's part of solving this. But I, I think there's so many other things that we need to, need to do to really get past and get back to normal here. I mean, we're two years into it, going on three at this point. Well, like you said, it it's it can be slanted one different way. You know, if another group of people come out and say the same exact thing, it'll be praised as genius. So all we can do right now is just sit back. I, I, I think my personal opinion is I think this is just going to go on every year of get your booster shot every year. That's going to be the new thing. Get a booster shot. Oh, there's a new variant. I mean, there, there's already rumors going around right now that uh, New York City public schools are on the verge of closing. Yeah, because of the absolutely. On Long Island, there's a whole bunch of them that shut down in Hempstead and Elmont. And uh, I can definitely see it. I mean, the governor put a, uh, a mask mandate, which kind of makes it impossible for us to do our job at, at my place. We're on the phones every day. And basically the mandate you know, says that indoors, outdoors, if you're indoors, you, you got to wear a mask regardless of vaccination. So here you are on the phone eight to 12 hours a day with a mask on your face. It doesn't work. Yeah. You know, um, no, you're on a phone all day. You know, I don't think it's a, 
I don't think that's good for uh, business, as they say. So, and then don't, like the and, and like the other thing I read about, I read about somebody, a bar owner, I guess in Staten Island the other day. I guess she was she was getting inspected by I guess a, a COVID inspector, and the woman had her identification, but she wouldn't show her her vaccination papers. So the woman, the bar owner, is like, "Look, we're on the up and up. We're doing everything that the state wants us to do. Everybody's wearing a mask, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. But you see this, you're not above the law. You know, we have a sign that says you have to abide by certain COVID protocols. She goes, what do you mean? She goes, I want to see where, you know, your vaccination card. She goes, I, I don't need to show you that. Well, I guess what? You know, we're going to need to go outside because you're not coming in here. And I guess eventually they got strained out. But, you know, it's, you know, it's a serious thing, man. And it's like you said, it's like depending on what, what, what angle you're coming from, it just seems like there's a lot of bending here. I mean, we talked about it ad nauseum, in the, you know, months ago. You know, certain businesses are allowed to open, certain are not. Small, small businesses got creamed during this thing. Certain religious institutions got shut down. But meanwhile, you can ride in the streets and you can go and, you know, hang out with 400 people in a Home Depot on any given Saturday. So, I mean. Oh, yeah. It's, it's you know, it's like anything. The, the haves and the have-nots are going to happen with this. People, yeah. people are going to want to have, you know. I mean, the big thing I remember last year was like all these underground bars were opening up and underground parties and shows and cabaret shows and rock shows and stand up comedy. All these people were just trying to find a way to make money. Right. You know, if keep going, if the lockdown happens again, it's it's going to happen again. You know, they Listen, had the, I, I think it, all these people around. They had. They would go to these after hour clubs and bars and everything. You know, you were reading about it basically like every Sunday or Monday in the paper. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I just think if it if it's a hard shutdown again, I think a lot of people are, are done. I really do. At least in the city. You know, I don't think there's a lot of business out there that can go another round with a hard shutdown for a couple of months. And, well, you know, kind of I was, I was listening to Tim Dillon the other day and he was so, like he was part of that big move when everyone went down when like Rogan went down to Austin. Right. And I think people have had enough of Austin and they're starting to leave. But I wonder yeah. now, but I wonder now if if another huge lockdown happens, does the cycle start all over again? And did these people and, and, and now do they get another influx in Austin or wherever else where there's I think a, you get a different a spot. Less, uh, a lot less mask mandates. Have you been to Austin, Mike? No, I've never been there. I've been to Dallas. That's about it. So I've been to Austin. Austin's like Greenwich Village smack in the middle of Texas, you know, with the with the Texas slant. It's a very it's a very liberal, very musical inclined city. Cool place to hang out. You know, if you've been to Bourbon Street in New Orleans or like um, uh, Tennessee, you know, in Nashville, it's kind of mm -hmm. like the same vibe. Um, but it's got a very liberal bent, high drug use. Um, the motto for the city is keep Austin weird. But I think like you're right. I think a lot of people moved in from different areas thinking that it was like nirvana for them. And I think enough of these people from these liberal areas moved into the point where even a place like that kind of got the after effect. So well, I, I would heard, agree with that. I heard like most of those played like Portland and Austin. Uh, I've listened to like uh, just different comedians on like podcasts. Like I was listening to the, to the bonfire the other day with Dan Soder. I think I mentioned this last week. And he said like he was just in Portland. And like the crime is just through the roof. And then within like uh, last month was Skankfest for Legion of Skank fans down in, uh, they had it in Austin. And they said the homeless situation was just out of control. 
And Poland's like a third world city from yeah. what I understand. I mean, it's really messed up. And, I mean, in uh, terms of crime and what the lawlessness. Big, yeah, what the big thing is in Austin is it's like walking back. These guys were all doing their shows and then it's like walking back to the hotel after the show is like it's like a minefield. Right. You don't know if you're going to deal with some homeless guy that's just asking for a dollar or just some overly aggressive homeless guy that's going to threaten to stab you for a dollar. They said <laughs> it's, it's, it's just wild shit down there. So, right. And it goes back to like, the, in my opinion, there's a lot of factors. I think they've all talked about it. I think defund the police is right up there, whether you agree with it or not. And I know some places are kind of backtracking traffic, off it. You know, places in Minnesota are kind of, you know, trying to do a 360. Um, San Fran, same deal. You know, I read the mayor is kind of like all of a sudden, you know, talking about refunding the police. And guess what? It don't work. You know, and like well, the people that I think really railed against it the most, Mike, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be pro cop here. I'm just trying to be logical. Those are the people that get hurt the most, you know, and they're seeing it now. You know, some of these cities are just like in chaos. I mean, we don't really see it too much in New York, I don't think. I think they kind of kind of got a handle on it. And I don't think we went to the extremes that, you know, some of these places did. But still, man, I mean, it just it doesn't work, man. Well, you know? I mean, I mean, you walk into like a CVS now and it's just like lockdown city. Everything's just right. locked away. Yeah. It, it, it's just people are just going and in for good reason. Like, I mean, like I said last week, you yeah. go certain places and rob up to 900 bucks. And hey, scot free, no problem, no prosecution out on the street next day. Okay, but anyways, man, listen. I hope we get out of it. You know, I mean, I just I'm a little worried with this Omicron thing. I think it's from what I read, it's a little bit less, um, less, uh, less deadly than say uh, the Delta or the original variant of it. You know, where it's more transmissible, but you're not as likely to get really, really sick. You know, as the, as the last thing, the last two. But um. Look, I, I don't want to get any variant again, regardless. Um, I just like to see some light at the end of the tunnel, you know, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, like you said, hopefully it, uh, it all works out. Um, some positive stuff, though. We got the Spider-Man movie coming out, right? Yeah, I, I actually went. I don't want to. Well, I guess it's a spoiler alert, but I actually went on like IMDb today. OK. And if you go on IMDb. Oh, he's in it, man. Yeah, he's they're they're all all three spider guys are in it. Yeah, he's in it. You know, it's not you know, you're not hiding anything from anybody. Everybody knows that. I'm sure I now, mean, I'm sure I mean since it came out, I'm sure we're gonna have a lot different type of uh whatchamacallit, the trailers. Any commercials for it now. Like once the movie comes out, they're gonna let everyone know like all three of them are in it. Um I did have some spoilers, but I'm not gonna give them away. Uh guy I do stand up with worked for Marvel for many years. And he was giving us like all this inside info about the movie. But I'm not going to say anything. They said it's going to be like one of the best Marvel movies in years. It looks great. It looks like everyone's in it. It, it looks like one of these movies, like you're just going to start watching it. And like, oh, shit, this person's in it. Oh, shit. That they confirmed. Uh, what is it? If you go on IMDb too, that Daredevil's in the movie. The kid That's that, cool. The kid, the kid that played Daredevil on Netflix is in the movie. So. That's super cool. Listen, I'm not really overly into going to the movies at this point with all that's going on, but I may catch it. You know, I definitely, it's piqued my interest. I wish they would have streamed this, but from my understanding, they're not. And from my understanding, it's going to hit the highest numbers in the post in, in uh, post pandemic era in terms this, of this movie box office over a billion dollars easily. Yeah, I see it with if 
if what my friend told me is true, people that are going to see this are going to be just telling everyone you have to see it. I've seen a few of my friends already saw it on Facebook. Facebook reviews I saw from just people I know are like, you have to go see this movie. So um, it looks like it's also got that kind of like hint of nostalgia where it's you're bringing back, okay, old characters, old good guys, old bad guys. So right. it, it, it I hope they bring up. I'd like to see Doc Octopus. I'd like to see Doc Octopus. I hope he's in it. Well, he is. He's one of the main characters in it. Oh, is time. he? Yeah. The yeah. guy The guy that was in the original. Um, yeah, uh, Alfred Molina is playing Doc Octopus. Oh, he's, he was good, man. He's one of my favorites. Uh, it looks How about like, William, William Defoe? Yeah, he's back. It, it, oh, basically, nice. Almost every bad guy. You know who I don't think is in it? Giamatti. He played Rhino in one of the movies. Okay. But I don't think he's in this one. Uh, How about Sandman? Sandman's back. Um, yeah. He was in that show Wings, right? That guy? Yeah, that's Lowell. Yeah. Lowell. From Lowell. Me, that boob. Lowell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's going to be a good movie. I mean, like like I said, everyone I know that's seen it so far has raved about it. So well, They, they kind of went that route with the Avengers where they have like a... You know, an all-star cast. And I think this is Spider-Man's kind of version of that. You know, like the end game, Avengers end endgame. Uh I get what you're saying, but this one just seems to have that whole this has all three Spider-Man universes coming together. I think that's okay. what makes it a lot bit like okay, the Marvel universe with the Avengers, those people were all pretty much in the same movies all together. Right. Know, the Guardians okay. of the Galaxy showed up. Ba -ba -ba -ba, uh the whole Wakanda tribe shows up and, but all of those people already interacted. This is supposed to be three different universes now interacting. And I think that's what makes also if they do that flash movie, right. It's going to be just as good because you got Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck, both playing different universes, Batman, which I think is going to be awesome. So in terms of like three, three storylines, I mean, if I, I got to believe it's the venom, it, right. It, yeah, you, I think Venom, yeah, you're going to have like, yeah, you have the Venom storyline. I think that kind of bleeds over a little into this. It looks like it's, they're just finally admitting like, all right, let's just put this all together. It's all multiverses. Let's just put it all together because this is what people want to see anyway. You know? Makes sense. I mean, you got a lot of storylines from the original comic, uh, comic books with Spider-Man, which is where a lot of the stuff is derived from, same as Avengers and X-Men yeah. and all these other movies. So... You got a ton of stories out there, man. I mean, it would, I guess it would be cool to kind of see them weave everything together. But it kind of was like in the comic books. I just, they kind of haven't done it in the movies. So it'd be interesting. I mean, definitely piqued my interest. I think it looks good. You know, it's got a lot of hype. I mean, it's definitely going to hit a lot of box office records in terms of post-COVID. Um, you know, talking about the entertainment industry, I mean, just for a second, going back to sports for a moment and COVID, you know, all sorts of NFL games are being postponed now, and a whole oh, bunch of guys are yeah. coming down all with COVID, man, you know, throughout all the leagues. Um, in Europe, I think the soccer, there's six games that were postponed. They're talking about shutting the Premier League down until, like, the beginning of January now. I mean, there's, uh, you know, it's going back to what we were talking about a second. It's just, you know, seems like you're in a never-ending hamster freaking wheel, you know? Yeah, I just saw that about, uh, what is it, the Cleveland Browns took a big hit. I There's like the, 20 guys, uh, 20 guys lot, sick. A lot of guys on that. I think there were two teams. It was Cleveland, and I forget the other team. There was it Dallas. No, Dallas is okay. It's Philly Washington game. Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of NBA dudes who are, who are messed up. 
Um, that, that that'll be the next shoe to, to fall. And I got to be honest with you, if they shut down these leagues, I think that's a, that's a bad, bad signal for us. You know, no, I mean, they're, they're not gonna, they're, they're going to find God, man. They'll find some dude in the stands to play. They yeah. realize, I, 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 I really believe, man, they lost. So listen, over the last 18 months, man, how much money did these franchises lose? The country lose businesses lose. They don't, they, no one want, really wants to shut the country down again. They did no. it once already. And we saw what the outcome was. So. I could tell you, Mike, I knew this thing was serious, you know, before it even really got to that level. Once leagues start shutting down, like you just said, when you get to the level where a major sports league, like the NFL or the NBA or, or a big soccer league in Europe shuts down, you know, there's some shit going down, you know, because there, there's tons of money to be lost when it comes yeah. And everything followed suit. You know, as soon as that that happened, I think it was, the first one was Serie A, the Italian Soccer League, in February of 2020, I believe. And then it just, you know, just tumbled from the NBA. And then he saw major businesses. And then he saw major cities. So, you know, let's let's keep our fingers crossed, man. Let's hope, you know, we can get kind of through this. You know, yeah. talk about the NFL. How about um, there's a movie, uh, I guess, about Kurt Warner uh, coming out pretty soon. I don't know if you caught the trailer for it. Yeah, it looks really good. Uh, who is it? That guy, Zachary Levi, the guy that plays Shazam, is playing. Yeah, Kurt Warner. Um, it looks pretty good. I mean, like everyone kind of knows his. Story. You know the story. You know the story, but it, it's a really good story to be honest with you. I mean, the guy's our age, Kurt Warner. He he's, came out of nowhere, bagging groceries, and yeah. a couple years later, he's taking the Rams to the Super Bowl. You know. Um, oh, I mean, he he's definitely a like. It's not rags to riches, but just like he is one of the ultimate true underdog stories. Uh, maybe of all, maybe of all time. I mean, I know we were talking about this off air. And we yeah, I would uh, like, Vince, I, you know, yeah. who was it? Vince Papali for the Eagle. I mean, that guy played like two or three seasons, I think, in the NFL. Nothing to take away from the guy. I'm not taking it away. The guy came out of nowhere and made a pro football team. God bless him. But, you know, Kurt Warner was. Won a Super Bowl as, as Kurt, a quarterback. Kurt Warner was undrafted and is now in the Hall of Fame. Okay, I'll throw a name out there that we didn't talk about off off the air. Different sport. How about John Stocks? Bagging groceries in Oklahoma. Uh, but he's. Uh, it, it's I don't not, think he's on the same level because he's not the quarterback that, like Warner is. is. It, it, if he's. If he turns into like an Isaiah Thomas kind of point guard and has two or three rings on his finger, that's a lot different. Then I'm like, yeah, you can talk about that. It's like saying, it, you know, it's almost like saying if Jerry Rice was undrafted, you know, if Jerry Rice went to like some division two school and no one ever gave him a look and then he shows up and you're like, holy shit, who was everyone was sleeping on this guy? You know, I, I mean, Kurt Warner was that. I think that kind of level of talent where I, I've seen him in inter he, the coolest thing I've ever seen him say in an interview was the best thing he ever did was play arena football. He said he learned so much playing arena football, like his style of play in the NFL is all from his arena football. That's why yeah. he got rid. He had to get rid of the ball so quick in the arena league. That's he said, it just prepared him like his check downs when he was looking to throw, he goes, I just did it so quick because I knew I had to, a two, three, three step drop back. And then he goes, I had to get rid of the ball within three seconds or I was going to be eating the turf. 
listen, he, I think it's a it's a it's a Disney type movie. You know, he's a very oh, Christian yeah, guy. Yeah. He's a very clean yeah, guy. That's right. Yeah, he's super uh, super religious. Super great. religious. So I mean, I think it plays very well for the whole story. I would agree with you. I mean, I, I think based on the fact that he was a quarterback and the fact that he won a Super Bowl, uh, I think makes him you know uh, the underdog of all time or very close to it. I mean, he almost uh, won, he almost won two Super Bowls with two different teams. It came down to the well, last. Oh, he should have. I mean, he should have. Sorry, Tony. Sorry, Tony, and everybody. That's the Patriots. Uh, you know, Tom Brady, uh, pom pom guy. You know, they cheated. You know, and they've talked about it. Spot. You know, Spygate. You know, no, they basically. No, he lost with the Cardinals and the Steelers. That last play. No, no, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner lost to the Patriots. Yeah, but he also lost when he was on the Cardinals. Yes, yes, yes. That's the one I'm talking about. It went down to the last. That was, I think, that touchdown. So I forget who it was. It was the last. It was, I think, the last. No, I agree with you. But going back to the Rams, the greatest show on turf. I mean, they should have won back to back those guys. You know, they got robbed by the Patriots. I mean, mean, all right. So then let's go. He should have three rings, that guy. Undrafted. I I, I would agree with it. Three Super Bowl rings. Yeah, Absolutely. That team, that team got robbed. No, no doubt about it, in my opinion. And look, I like, I like Belichick, and I do think that Brady is, at the worst, the second best of all time. You know, I'll get killed by my buddy, you know, buddies who are big Brady fans and some of the media pendants out there. But you know, he should have two, easy, back to back. I see that Dennis Quaid is Vermeil in it. That's going to be interesting. Oh, is he? Yeah. Who's the other guy? Yeah. There's some other guy you see in the coming attraction. Looks like he plays Mike Martz. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It looks exactly like Mike March. Chance Kelly, I think the guy's name is. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's been in like a whole bunch of stuff, that guy. He's just one of those Mike March. What was the movie with, uh, who played, uh, who played Papali, uh, Vince, uh, Vince Vermeil, uh, Dick Vermeil and the Vince Papali movie? I like that actor. He wasn't as good as it gets. Greg Kinnear. Dude, that guy's great. Yeah, he's, he's another phenomenal. guy that, that just shows up and everything. Like, oh shit, that guy. Yeah, Greg Kinnear. He was. Yeah, he played. Uh, yeah, he played Vermeil in the other one. I mean, uh, he played the LBGT guy in As Good as It Gets. I mean, he, he's yeah. a phenomenal guy, man. He's really, really he good did, actor. He did a great movie called Autofocus, and it's about the dude from Hogan's Heroes. Okay. That got mur- That guy got murdered. The lead guy, I think his name was Bob Crane. He was on the show. He was Hogan on Hogan's Heroes. He okay. Was like, he was like a real sexual deviant kind of dude back then. Well, not like, <laughs> but he was into like threesomes and he would video record everything. He'd have like threesomes with chicks and he would record everything. And whatever happened, man, he was in a hotel room and somebody just beat him to death. He got bludgeoned to death with like a a tripod or a camera and they think it was his friend that did it and they could never prove it. And it was, a, it's, it's a real great movie. It's called autofocus. It's about 10, 15, probably like 15 years old now. And it's a really cool flick about this guy that you thought was just like this regular kind of dude. And then you get into his social life and you're like, Holy shit, man, this guy was a nut. <laughs> this guy liked to party. Now I definitely, I, I don't recall watching it, but I definitely like to check it out. I mean, I've seen it, you know, as far as like it's snippets here and there. Yeah. Going to the uh, continue the sports motive. There's another series coming out on HBO Max for the uh, for the basketball fans out there. Uh, winning time about the Showtime Lakers. Did you catch the trailer, Mike? Yeah, I saw the trailer. It looks really good. 
Dude, it, it looks phenomenal, man. It it's good. It's got like that sprinkle of like tropic thunder to it as well. Yeah, man. Like it's gonna have a definite like late 70s kind of feel. It's all about the late 70s when they uh if you watch a trailer, it's just kind of them. It's a it's gonna be like a, a docu-series. It looks like it's two-part series where they draft Magic Johnson. Um John C. Riley from Step Brothers is playing Jerry Buss, the owner. Uh, <laughs> what was it Adrian Riley's Brody. an interesting guy, man. I, I kind of like him, and I don't like him on some level. Like he was in Gangs of New York. Would you classify Gangs of New York as a Christmas movie? <laughs> no. no, no. Okay, I, 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 I get where you're going with it, but no, no. Okay, Not even on. You know what it is? All right. Do you ever see it on during Christmas? Really? Well, I know it was released during Christmas because I saw it in the theaters around that time. But I don't think it has like a Christmas theme to it at all. If I, was play, I guess the start of the movie is in the wintertime. The end of the movie is kind of like around the riots yeah. in the summer. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching. Um, he was also in State of Grace, if you remember. Oh, yeah. He played the... Uh, John C. Riley's been around forever. You know, Step you got, Brothers, like you said, which is hysterical. Yeah, him and Will Ferrell, Step Brothers, Ricky Bobby... Uh, he got nominated, I think, for an Oscar for Chicago, the movie he was in. Um, it's a Dirk Diggler movie uh, with yeah, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Boogie Nights. He's Boogie been, Nights, he's, right? The guy's been in a ton of stuff. And, uh, and, was, and I think. Good. What was that? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say to you that uh, I think you hit it on the head where um, they're going for like a 70s vibe where I think they're making like Jerry Buss to be out like a combination of Hugh Hefner. And uh, yeah, the way. It, yeah, the way. It, it opens with him in bed with some chick. Like I'm gonna, I love sex and I love basketball, baby. Let's party, <laughs> let's party. It looks it like I said. It does look interesting. Um, you have was it Adrian Brody's gonna be Pat Riley? Um, that I don't see. Like I, I like Adrian Brody, but I, I just don't see him as yeah, Riley. I mean, I didn't, I don't see it either. But um, the funny thing is, though, we were talking about it. The backstory on this was. Now, Adam McKay is directing it. He's directed Step Brothers. Ooh, excuse me. He's He's been in production with Will Ferrell for a long time. They had that Gary Sanchez Productions. They produced a whole bunch of, a couple of TV shows together. Uh, right. They produced Step Brothers. They wrote The Big Short, uh, The Other Guys, all this stuff. And when this project came along, Mc, McKay said he was going to direct the movie. And Will Farrell wanted to play Jerry Buss. And McKay looked at the project. I think some other people involved in the project said, he is not right for this role. We don't want him. And Farrell again said he wants to be in this movie. And they said him and McKay had to sit down. And McKay basically had to tell him, like, you're not in the movie. I'm not casting you as this. I don't think you're right for the role. And he took offense to it, right? Yeah, Will Farrell got super pissed and they dissolved their working relationship and like they're basically not friends anymore. So uh I hope I hope John C. Wright, he looked funny in the coming uh the, the trailer for it. It looks like it's gonna be funny. It's kind of got like like I said, it's got like that tropic thunder, almost like eastbound and down kind of vibe. Like it looks like it's just gonna be oh complete. Kenny Powers, that guy's another yeah. funny. We never yeah. talked about that. That's hysterical. That show. Yeah, he's a great. Uh, what's his name? McBride. Danny McBride. Danny. McBride. <laughs> yeah, he, Dude, he, he's hysterical. Yeah, he wrote that. He wrote that whole series. Him and another guy wrote that 
whole series and I guess whatever pitched it to HBO. And I mean, he did a movie full circle. He did a movie called The Foot Fist Way, which was about karate, like this goofball karate instructor. And Will Ferrell and Adam McKay saw the movie and they picked the movie up and distributed the movie. And that's how this guy, Danny McBride, got known. And that's how Eastbound and Down happened. And that's why Will Ferrell's in Eastbound and Down and all that. Like, they're all in the same circle together. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, he's a hysterical dude, man. You know, I think we were also talking off air, coming off topic a little bit, is uh, you said you saw CBGBs, man, which uh, I, is, one of, uh, is a great movie about the punk scene in the 70s and the infamous, uh, I guess, famous bar. CBGB's in downtown in the Bowery. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, was it? Alan Rickman plays the guy Hilly Crystal. Right. Who founded, I guess, CBGB's. I guess that's be the best. He opened CBGB's down in the Bowery in the 70s. And all these famous punk bands and new wave bands kind of came through the doors of that place. And it's like this little kind of uh, independent movie. It's one of these, like, I just sort of just popped up on cable one day. I said, okay, I'll just, I, I sat down. I just started watching. I mean, Alan Rickman is in it. Uh, Donald Logue, who was on Gotham. Uh, he's been in oh, the guy from The Hangover. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's his face? The guy who went missing. Yeah, Jason Bartha. Yeah, the guy they look for in the original Hangovers in it. He plays one of these rock band guys. Uh, Which a lot of these guys, Mike, like like some of the bigger names, like in it, like for those that don't know, the CBGBs was founded by this guy Hilly Crystal. He bought this bar, and it was a real dump, man. I, I've been to it a number of times back in the early '90s, late '80s when I was in college, and you know my last year or two in high school. My brother has actually been in bands on and off for like the last thirty years, and he played in there. And basically, what this guy would do is he would like take like these up and coming bands and. And put them on stage and kind of give them a, like a forum, and um, you know, got it got to the point where he had some really big acts in there. He had the Ramones, Blondie in the beginning. He had Talking Heads. Um, the guy who from the Hangover, I forgot the name of the band, but they had a kind of a big run. And I guess oh, that, that guy, the, the Dead Boys or something. I believe it was the Dead Boys. Yeah, and um, you know, they had a big hit back in the back in the seventies, the eighties. That guy ended up dead, I guess, in 86. He had some sort of accident or some early premature death. Um, but the long and short of it was they um, they played Sonic Reducer, which was a huge hit. You know, it's a, a punk anthem before, the, you know, like Nirvana and like all the guys in the 90s and even the 80s. But um, Hilly Crystal ran this place. He ran it like a dump. I mean, if you ever went in there, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be vulgar here, but it smelled like somebody took a dump on the floor which in the movie they show his dog doing it. Um, but it shows like all these big acts, these big punk acts, like really, it showed you the start of like the New York punk scene, you know, for all intents and purposes, which it had a huge part in playing. Um, you know, my buddy George, who was in vinyl on HBO, uh, who we had on the show months ago, you know, it kind of like interacts with that kind of movie in the sense that it just shows you the beginning of the musical, the punk scene in New York City, it shows you Iggy, uh, Iggy Pop, you know, in there. You know, he performed there. The Ramones were huge. You know, the Ramones basically started in that place. Yeah, Patty Smith, Blondie. Patty Smith. We talked about off air. There was an act, you know, for the Irish guys out there. They're really into the, you know, punk music besides the Dropkicks. You know, Black 47 with Larry Kernan, um, who I saw a number of times back in the early 90s. 
Mike, I think you mentioned it too. Um, you know, for those that don't know who I'm talking about, they, they have the, uh, the Irish punk folk music song called Funky Chelly, which, you know, you hear a lot. They're from the Bronx. You know, I think they're from the Pelham section yeah, of the Bronx. Uh, Funky Kaylee is the song. Yeah. Funky Kaylee, right? Yeah, they've been around shit probably over. They've been around over 30 years. Oh, close to, yeah, 30 years. Easy, easy. Kira, Kira, they're a very political band. I mean, I love them. I dig them. I'm not Irish, but, you know, I have an affinity for the Irish. My my wife and most of my best friends are Irish. But um, he was considered at one point, I think, the musical arm of the IRA. That's how political this guy was. And um, they were really great at live. You know, they played in CBGBs yeah. a number of times and uh, really, really great live show. I mean, they broke up maybe about 10, 15 years ago. I guess they were trying to get back together. But um, they're getting up there, man. They're close to 70 at this point. Yeah, yeah. They actually had, like I said, uh, when we were talking about them, one of the guys was a transit cop. And I think he actually quit the transit police to do that full time at one point. And yeah, they broke up. I think they get back together once in a blue moon and play like a, a benefit show or something like that. That's about it. I haven't heard really anything about them in ages, though. Yeah, I, I, you know, you told me off air about him, you know, one of the guys being forced to, I guess, leave the police department. Like I said, the, you know, there are certain bands out there. We've talked about this before. Black 47 is a very political, political band. They're a very moving band, you know, um, I guess if you're an English guy, you're not really going to particularly care for their brand of music and their message, but really entertaining band. And, um, you know, I could very easily see how the guy was kind of forced to, you know, pick, you know, pick his poison, you know, the cops or a musical career. But um, if you guys have a chance, man, check it out. If you like music, uh, I think it's running on Netflix. Mike came across it. I've seen yeah. it a couple times. Really entertaining. When we talked about it, I went back and watched it again. That's how much I enjoyed it. And like I said, my brother Jason, he played in there. And uh, I remember when I first originally saw it, he goes, you know, I played there. The guy was kind of a dickhead to me. You know, um, you know, he wasn't the most friendly guy, Hilly Crystal. I think towards the end, the way that the bar closed down, I think it closed down maybe about 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, like in that ballpark. I think I like think, 15, because I remember yeah. I used to work narcotics down there. It was getting ready to close. And they, they kept trying to do like... Uh, fundraisers for that place right from what you get watching the movie is this guy couldn't manage money to save his life no it and it was over a rent dispute towards the end he couldn't figure out like an agreeable term yeah. with the landlord which at the end of the day a lot of these places that last a long time they buy the building yeah exactly. I mean, you become you become famous enough or you become big enough you just buy it whether you're a restaurant or a, an owner you know i i see it in my place in smithtown you know like how many how many times will you go down Main Street where I live and it's like these places turn over? The rent is so goddamn high, man. It's just yeah, buy the just, building. You, you just think like you, like you just brought up a great point. Like when you're watching that movie, all the money this guy made. Go back. He, buy the did, goddamn building, exactly. man. Exactly. How did he not figure out to buy that building? Right. But you know, I mean, and I think that's what did them in towards the end. But so yeah. many places throughout the years. I mean, that's really been a, you know. I mean, I think I read somewhere when I was a broker, Mike, places like McDonald's and Walmart's, you know, they're mo most of their worth is not wrapped up in their products and their sales. Real it's wrapped up in their real estate. Yeah. yeah. Well, McDonald's. That's like, is, yeah. That's like when you watch that movie, The Founder with Michael Keaton. And right. It's just all about they don't burgers mean nothing. That guy owns all the real estate. That's how he made all that money. You're, you're renting property from me. And, that, and that's how you're That's how I'm going to make my money. Right. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it really was. It was a good movie. I liked it. Uh, like you said, like, how did he not buy the building? I remember, but I do remember towards the end when I was working down over there, they were doing like a lot of benefit shows to try and save that place. And I think they finally just got to a point of like, we're not going to do this. any. You know, it was just enough is enough, whatever. And I think they wound up opening uh, like a CBGB place in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. One of the, one of the hotels. But, but it's not the same, you know. It's like yeah, it's I like if a body barn popped up somewhere else, you yeah, know. It just it wouldn't have the same. Yeah, it's like a body barn in like Fort Lauderdale because they right. bought the name. Yeah, exactly. They bought the name. Let me ask you this, you know. I think we've talked about this. So we talked about Portland being, you know, you know, a crime ridden city, and some of these places like Austin. You know, when I remember going down there, Mike, uh, you know, probably in the late nine, uh, late eighties, early nineties, that place was one of the more dangerous places that I've come across in my life. Oh yeah. You know, as far as, as far as being a cop, how does that rank in terms of where of areas that you patrolled or places that you came across in terms of like lawlessness well, and I violence? Mean, if we're talking about that place, like when we were kids in like the eighties into like the early nineties, it was, it's nothing compared to what it is today where it's like this, everything's overdeveloped. People are paying, oh, excuse me. People are paying now $3,000 a month rent for studio apartments over there. Uh, back then, it really was Skid Row. It was the Bowery, right. as it was known. It was Skid Row. You had junkies, winos, just homeless. Prostitutes, everywhere. pimps Prost all over the place. Exactly. Yeah. Drugs. I mean, that was Avenue D, which is only, what, three, four blocks away from there, is still considered one in that whole area. There's still heroin there. There is still a lot of heroin there. You go into Tompkins Square Park early in the morning or you go up to 14th Street to Union Square Park. The junkies are still hanging out there. Um, it's It's been cleaned up, but it's starting to slowly revert back. We've seen in the last couple of years, just with the lockdown, with the, the budget cuts and everything else, you see it start to slowly come back. I mean, is it going to get back to the way the 80s was with burnt out buildings everywhere? No because it's too much money in the real estate for them to have empty buildings. Right. Right. So, but although with the lockdowns, but, but you know, again, you have, you have empty buildings anyways, right. You know, well, you have, a lot of, you have a lot of empty businesses. I'm talking about like more like rental residential, like residential, residential places, with people not renting apartments. People are still, there's too much money to be made where people are going to want to rent an apartment and still want to say they live in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, still yeah. a thing for people like you and I grew up here. If we lived in Manhattan, all right, we live in Manhattan. But if you're some guy from like Indiana and you get to tell all your friends from Indiana, I live on the Lower East Side, you know, to them, that's a big deal. So, you, you, yeah, you, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. You're, um, do I see this? Do I see it ever going back to the way it was? No. But was it dangerous? Yeah, it was a shithole down there. I mean, that was that was what that's the ninth precinct over there. That was one of the worst precincts in lower Manhattan at the time. Let me ask you this. If you had to rank it, you know, would you would you put Rockaway parts of like far Rockaway up there versus there? Or would you put like the Bowery above it? Like circa 19 late late 80s, early 90s? Well, like with I guess like with. um With the Rockaways, you have like a little more spread out where the projects are. With down on the Lower East Side, you kind of just had like Avenue D. Right. Right off Houston there. Everything was kind of concentrated over there. So, I mean, 
back then the city was still a mess. So it's like hard to judge like, oh, is this place worse than this place? Yeah, there were places worse, but they're both up there as far as I wouldn't want to live there. That, that, that's, how you, that's how I judge. But like, I just look around and go, would I live here? Yes or no. And if it's a no, then it's probably a pretty bad neighborhood. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. You know, just use common sense. That's pretty. Much I think it. both both were pretty rough. But um, oh, yeah. Check, you know, for those out there into music, check it out. It's a really entertaining movie, especially if you like the punk scene like I do. Um, I think you'll get a lot of value out of it. You know, a lot of interesting characters that pop up in it, you know, in terms of portrayals and uh, pretty interesting story. You know, I'm not going to tell you what CBGB stands for, but uh, it's pretty interesting and it's not punk related. So, uh, you know, check it out. Check it out if you guys have a chance. It's uh, not a holiday movie, but uh, yeah, worth worth an hour or two of your time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely go check it out. I it's it's a great little movie. Uh, there's tons of little cameos in it too of like uh there was a lot of punk musicians i know when i went down like if you go through the imdb there's a lot of punk musicians that were in those bands back then that have like one line in the movie okay cool and but yeah like i said check it out it's a great oh you know who else was in it uh the guys uh, the bartender he's been a lot of stuff he popped up in sons of anarchy for a year he's an irish actor yeah uh, the guy with the beard yeah donald Logue. That was the other guy. He played like a semi-partner in it or whatever he was. Dude, he's cool as hell, man. What happened with him in Sons of Anarchy? He was in like season three, and then he, he disappeared. I guess he – there was some some to doings where the guy didn't continue his no, role for whatever reason. he played like a cop or whatever in it. He was Right. Kind of, yeah, he, he, he had some cop thing, whatever. The case fell apart, and then that was it. He was gone. But I think they wrote him out of the series for some reason. It wasn't I, – I don't know what it was, but it was something wacky. I, I like him. He's a good actor, though. Yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff. Real good guy. Um, but yeah, check out. Check it out. CBG. The girl who played his daughter. I had no idea who she was. I haven't seen no her clue. Before. No uh, clue. And the guy that played the junkie that always hung out in there. He's been in a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, look yeah. his name up. Whatever that guy was. He's been in tons of stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, he was a very interesting guy. Um, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to think who else might have been in there that we might have. Oh, you know who is? Um, oh, the guy Debbie from Big Harry. Bang, the Big Bang Theory kid is in it. Yeah, the Big Bang Theory guy is um, Johnny Irving Galecki. or Lewis or whatever. Uh, yeah, and then um, Debbie Harry, that's Madeline Ackerman. She was in. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. One of my all-time favorite comedies, at least modern, uh, is Couples Retreat. You remember that movie, Mike, with Vince Vaughn? Yes. And uh, Jason Bateman. Our Maltese brethren. <laughs> great show. That was a great movie. That was a very fun. That's like an underrated. Dude, I laughed my ass off. That movie I mean, again. Of, yeah, that movie kind of like falls into the, the mix, like just falls into the wood pile a little. And you, you, you like forget about it. I think but the best really, character of the whole thing in, in that whole show is the yoga instructor. Just do it. I thought. um, What I thought Favreau was very funny in it. Favreau is hysterical. You with your peacock chest. <laughs> <laughs> so many good lines. Vaughn, uh, Vaughn's a favorite of mine, but yeah, I mean, that, that's a real funny one too. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just trying to think of any, uh, yeah, I don't know who, who the daughter was in, in CBGB. Um, what's his face? The the hangover guy is Justin Bother. He plays Stiv, Stiv Batters. I think that's the dead boys guy that we talked about before. 
Yeah. Um, and of course, Alan Rickman, just going back to the opening of the show, the infamous, uh, you know, uh, leader of the uh, terrorist organization, Hans Gruben. Hans Gruber. Is it Gruben? Dawn. Dawn. I read it in Time Magazine. <laughs> Hans. So good. Bobby. Bobby. What's with the Bobby. gun? This is radio. He was a good scumbag, too, that guy. Yeah, that guy, uh, the guy that played Ellis, yeah. He played Steve Jobs, I think, in, in a movie like um, The Pirates of the... Um, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. I think he was in that. He oh, played okay. Steve Jobs. He was good in that. Yeah, he was really good in uh, Die Hard. He was hilarious in it. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. Met in an unfortunate demise. Yes, Ellis. Poor Ellis. Um, with that, with poor Ellis, uh, I say we wrap this puppy up and... Uh, yeah, man. Wish everyone a great weekend. So plug away. Well, next time we'll talk to you, it'll be Christmas or Christmas Eve for those that celebrate. So Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, we've got usual plugs. Jay Cristiano at Cardinal Financial, 844-442-7334. Uh, promo code 4215 for refis and purchases. Those who are trying to purchase a house or refi a house, you may want to check them out pretty quickly. Interest rates are supposed to be going up. Mortgage rates are going up. Fed just had a huge announcement where I think they're going to jack up rates three times next year to kind of curb inflation. So, I mean, if you're looking to refi your house, probably now's the time to do it. Um, we've got Tommy's, uh, Tommy Devitt, uh, Five Star Shopping by Tommy at 917-559-8264. Also check out the Mad Donkey on 36th Avenue in Story, Queens. And uh, lastly, DJ Chris Clash, me, uh, for your parties, weddings, bar mitzvahs, Hopefully we don't get locked down, folks. So, I mean, hit me up. Uh, I'm booked until the end of the year, but going into next year, I've got some vacancies up until March. So hopefully we don't get locked down. And if you need anything, just hit me up, private message me, whatever. And we're good, man. All right. As usual, uh, my usuals, uh, check out Jack at I Can Paint. He's actually got some new stuff up, some gremlins, uh, Back to the Future stuff. And... Uh, I think it was a child's play one check it out always great work by jack uh probmatic uh on twitch and pat dixon crime report and crime report on compound media check him out check out his podcast uh we'll see you in the funny papers have a merry christmas later gators have a good weekend everybody <laughs> <laughs>